one, but it would take some time. Oh, let me check. Yeah, I want the unibrow look. It's tradey. <laughs> I do, I do. Okay, we're definitely live on Facebook. Oh, and we're live on YouTube for sure. Yeah, for some reason, guys, I don't know why it does that. I be I have to reset the link when we do this. Um, Emery, we cannot see you. Okay, I'm about to add myself back now. Okay, you're welcome. Um, somebody has a audio on something, so it's gonna be feedback. Okay, that's me. Boom. Okay, guys, we'll give it a moment to build up. Then I can introduce all my beautiful and lovely guests. Hello, everybody, on this beautiful Manic Monday. <laughs> manic Monday. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that Prince wrote that song until recently. He sure did for the um what did the girl group? Vanity Six? No, there was uh, uh, I think they also did that song Walk Like an Egyptian, if I'm right. Yes. The Bengals. No. Oh. The Bengals. Mm. Yeah. Cute. Cute. Bengals. The Bengals. All right, guys. So while we're building up, let me. I am very. Oh, they went right into it. They said, Emery, are you single? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even yes. give us a moment to introduce. So tonight, guys, hello everyone out in YouTube world, Facebook world. How are you guys? I am very happy to be on here with my extended family, so triangle family and other uh, my hard to swallow people. I would like to introduce you to cast and creators of the podcast, Hard to Swallow. So let's take it to the creator and go all around or should we just take it for ladies first? What do y'all want to do? Uh, I can start us off. Um... Um, as you guys know, I'm Emery on Instagram and Twitter as Ain't I Emery in Ballroom as Emery Garcon, that was legendary Butch Queen Face, blah. Uh, but um, <laughs> I consider all of us creators of this show because um, these two people right here especially have been um, very hard on me. Like, actually, all three of you <laughs> have very been like, do it, do it. You should definitely do it if you'll be successful in this. So, all of them played a piece. Um, but yeah, you can introduce yourselves, Marcus and Lindsay. Go ahead, Linz. Hi, I'm Lindsay. Um, member of the House of Swallow. Also El Swallow. Member, <laughs> dedicated member of the Triangle BRTV TV family. Um, oh my God, sees I've been writing for Triangle for almost four years. Right. This summer makes <laughs> Wow. Insane. <laughs> but yeah. Hi everybody. All right. And uh and I'm Marcus, uh Lyrical Mar on Instagram and Twitter. Um I'm in the ballroom scene. I'm a Garcon as well, but nobody knows that because I'm one of the old girls. <laughs> <laughs> also look like an older version of Emery, guys. We hear that all the time. Yes. Crazy. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've been actually encouraging Emery, everybody out there to uh, really, as you know, we're in a very visual time. And I've been asking Emery for a while to like kind of um, film his podcast. And because um, I've been following it from 
It's inception. It is. It's funny. It's informative. Um, even if you don't, for example, I didn't. I haven't watched Drag Race since um, season three, even though I've been watching this current season. So I, you know, uh, this show talks about relationships. It talks about life. It talks about um, blackness. It talks about gayness. It talks about um, just different things, and they all have their own unique point of view. So. Um, before we even go into anything, I encourage everyone out there to subscribe. They are on every platform. They're on iTunes, they're on Spotify, everyone. So you guys need to yep. make sure, if you don't do it while you're watching, make sure when we log off later on that you guys subscribe and listen to it. And they're also on Facebook. So trust me, um, it's about supporting each other and you guys will be fully entertained. Um, <laughs> So before we get um, John Doe said, hey, John Doe asked again, are you single? Um, the people are getting John, John Doe for it. Hey, Kieran, how are you? Um, Rep. Emery, when this is over, I need you to come to D.C. Let me take you out on a date, boo. Emery lives oh. in D.C. In case you didn't know. Do um, I live in D.C.? <laughs> Where do you live? <laughs> Where do I live? You said, oop, not John Doe shooting his shot. Um, hello. Can I address him? You gonna have to do better than being being a John Doe though. That's not that's not hot. Um, because it's loving not that hot. grown mate. Uh, John also loves that grown man. Wait on you. What's up, Sonny? I love you. Um, what's your hobby, Lindsay's? Um, Emery, you're beautiful. It's the mustache. Weird sex. Okay, love the podcast. Okay, great. Okay, so um, they love that grown man. Wait on you. How do you feel about that, Emery? When they when they want to comment, let's get into that about your grown oh. man weight. And they have opinions about stuff like that. Um, you know, it is what it is. See, you can't shake a fat bitch that ain't ashamed to be fat. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I, I started like no matter, no matter what weight I am, I'm comfortable in who I am, and you know that's just what it is. Now there is an um an image that I have for myself that I pursue. But I don't. I've never let outside voices decide my body shape and image for myself. It's been that way for years. Even when I was slim, people was like, "If you get body, you'll be perfect." I'm like, "No, I'm perfect today. I'm perfect today. And if I want that, I can have it." So let's talk if about I that, ladies and gentlemen. Do you feel like too many people in the outside world have uh, too many opinions on one's looks or one's weight and things of that nature? And how do you think that weighs in in today's society with it being so social media driven? That's a good question. Well, I mean, let me let me let me tell you my opinion. I believe people are socially awkward and stupid, <laughs> and I believe that they and I believe that they say shit that they ain't got no business saying. I believe that people say things to see if you're gonna say fuck you, <laughs> because I, yeah. I can't see hitting up a stranger and saying, okay. "Wow, you you're really you really getting up there," and you don't even know me like that. Bitch, you're yeah. never getting to know me now. So when you oh, say people, fuck okay. like John Doe here, okay, you say you say all this stuff, but you're not saying you're not you're not saying no name. Like, what is wrong with people? So John Doe, you're out there. Marcus feel like you need to change your name into something else because John Doe is very John Doe. If you if you want to be John Doe, somebody on a date, it's very nondescript. It could be the killer. That is slightly creepy when you like, I, even when I'm on hookup apps and people like don't have pictures and they be like, yo, what's up? You trying to hook up? Bitch, who are you behind this sandwich bag? Like, 
but the thing about that, as we know, we don't even with a picture, you really don't know who is behind who in, on an ad. That's who. Right. I mean, I already feel like I'm catfishing right now. I got a picture right now up of me when I was 147. <laughs> <laughs> That's catfishing. Mm. <laughs> so let me ask you guys a question. What um, made you start the podcast? Uh, um, do you all want to start? I know I've been talking a lot. Lynn. Well, one day I said, hey, Em, I think that, you know, you'd be great at this. I think you should do it. I had no idea I would be asked. As a matter of fact, no, I think I approached him with it saying he and I should do one. And then I was like, eh, you could do one all by yourself. It would, it would be dope. Um, I think you really should do it. Next thing you know, this guy's like, hey, Marcus is on board. Would you like to join? And then another one of his friends from Chicago. Um, let's do it. That's basically how it started. So I mean, I literally what made you had... round it out with Marcus and uh, even though they're not the bowling girl, what made you all what made you pick these people to come be a part of this intricate puzzle? Well, for me, it was it was easy. Um, I, and I think that you can take this advice to anything that you plan to do in life. Sometimes your vision for something is so clear that it's really just putting it on paper and making it happen. Like mm -hmm. for me, I knew how my conversation, mind you, none of these people knew each other. Um, J. Bolin, Lindsay, Marcus, they knew of each other because they saw me interact with them on mm -hmm. social media, but none of them knew each other. And so when I reached out to each about it, I'm like, I know my energy conversation with each. And I feel like all three are strong. So it's just a matter of bringing it on the show and just letting inviting other people into the room. Um, so in my head, I'm like, I'm just, this is just an extension of what I already do and letting the world look in. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. So let me ask you guys a question. When you guys, um, so you do a podcast, what, what, a week, at weekly, bi-weekly, what's the schedule of the podcast? We try to do bi-weekly and when we, well, we record bi-weekly typically. Um, and then I try to do an episode, like a bonus clip during that recording so we can do weekly episodes that you'll see. Now, literally when season three was scheduled to come back, coronavirus came mm -hmm. you can't make this shit up. <laughs> it, it was the worst timing and even for the return episode i wasn't even sure if i was gonna be able to do it because um they was like i don't know if you're gonna be able to get in the studio i'm like ain't this about a bitch <laughs> but typically that is the schedule two, every two weeks and try to do every week so have you doing it from the studio or have you guys just been doing it from home lately i've been doing it from home I've been doing an Instagram live on Ain't Not Emery, and it's actually been lit. <laughs> so, what is, so let me ask you guys, what is the hardest thing in doing the podcast with you guys? The To me, the hardest thing would be <laughs> um, <laughs> agreeing to disagree at the right time. Okay. You know, you, you're surrounded by bitches who can't let it go. <laughs> they gotta, they gotta, they gotta be right. <laughs> Which makes a good show, but can bring tension as well. If you let it. Okay. If you let it. Yeah, we're a very opinionated bunch. Very, extremely opinionated bunch. And 
sometimes it gets heated. Sometimes even in the preliminary conversations, things get a little pointed. Um, yeah, navigating that has been a challenge for all of us. So Emery, do you come up with all the topics or do you guys do it collectively? In moments of my ego getting in and being an asshole, I have like came up with the whole itinerary for an episode before, <laughs> but typically <laughs> it's a collective experience where um, I kind of create a, a template of what we're going to talk about. And then I'll talk about um, like, do you think we should do this? Do you think we should do that? And I mean, they have great opinions. Like, no, take that out. Let's add this one. So but all out. hands on deck. So, Lindsay, how is it being the only woman amongst these strong, black, <laughs> gay, very opinionated, intelligent men? Um, she just it. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's like, well, I don't know. Emery's kind of like the focal point. That's mm -hmm. why we're some Negroes that he knows. Mm -hmm. All three of us, um, we love him. And it's really... <laughs> Emery's surrounded by love on all cylinders, even though we didn't know each other personally going into it. It's just we it's just it's just worked out that way. Um, I'm a very opinionated girl. I, you know, stand behind everything I say. I have strong convictions. I'm just not to be played with. Neither are they either. Like I can, I can, you know. <laughs> go back and forth with the best of them it's not a it's not a big deal but sometimes it does get overwhelming because i am you know straight cis head you know and our show is basically queer but i think because i have the background that i have like i write for a gay show i mean i know a lot about gay men black you've gay learned, men in particular you've learned a lot, learned a lot mm. in my 40 some odd years you know and I have a lot to bring in the table to the to the table on that side as well and I've always you know I actually refer to myself as queer especially queer in my reasoning my thinking um you know so I'm kind of under the umbrella okay let me take some of these comments and then I want to go and move on to some topics with you guys um John Doe actually said, um, a lot of people are talking about Emery's beauty. Don't make him blush, yes. guys. Um, Thank you. John said, Emery, you look great. My comment is an observation as he was so slim. His weight is beautiful then and now, okay? Uh, Mar has very thick eyebrows. Um, <laughs> Raymond said, yes, because there's no one's place to comment on certain things. John said, Marcus, don't come for me, Miss Thing. My government, <laughs> name, my government name is John Doe, darling. Ooh. <laughs> then, he came, then he came back a letter no his name was Antonio for real okay um, everybody's telling John Doe hang it up flat screen yes they are talking about the podcast most definitely um, Matessa said the co-host makes up make up such a genuine conglomerate for them to not have known each other prior um, Corrupt said they always thought you was in separate locations recording yes they always are in separate locations mm -hmm. um this it, oh the podcast is very interesting um thank you and you always have to comment on the other co-host opinions uh they said Lindsay keeps up baby such a refreshing part of the show i live for lens oh Here we thank go to you Lindsay, we are uh she is jupiter said Lindsay, we are kindred spirits 
Um, yes, Lindsay def definitely keeps up for sure. She has definitely have good opinions on our topics. Uh, few requests to upload the podcast on YouTube, please. We hope that this will kind of like nudge them that way, guys. Um, can viewers call into the podcast? No, because I don't fuck with y'all like that. But <laughs> let me, that's, well, that's just the truth. Um, but I do want to get to a place. I mean, I'm an introvert. It, it does take a lot of energy for me to invite other people I don't really know well into a space of like me doing something I love to do. Because that might, it can go good, it can go bad. Um, but what I've learned from recently doing these Instagram live videos, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, it's so actually more... fun to engage with the people, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's not it's not as bad as I imagined it to be in my head. But, you know, I always thought about, like, you know how those people call in on, like, Andy Cohen and other shows? People just trying to get their little two seconds of fame. <laughs> they want to try it. <laughs> They might get ate up fucking with us. On the last two lives, myself and Lindsay actually went off on two bitches because it was real ghetto. Oh my God. Ghetto. It got so ghetto. <laughs> uh, it was terrible, actually. <laughs> it was and it's like, once we're there, horrible. we're there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, that was, no, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't let nobody take me there again. No. Just, you know, get rid of them, block them. The Brooklyn Dawn went off. <laughs> <laughs> was, she was, was giving, get off this motherfucking loud pussy asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally. So, guys, I'm going to let them come up with some topics, but I have some topics and I just want to give them kind of like a preview of what you guys do on the show. So, I'm going to, sure. um, let's. Real Housewives of Atlanta, as you guys know, it recently ended for the season. There was a lot of drama with Nene and Kenya and, um, you know, so many things that wasn't filmed on the show that was filmed off the show just with them going back and forth on social media. How do you guys feel about that show? How do you guys feel about the cast? How do you guys feel about its future? Do you think it needs a shakeup? Are you happy with the ladies? Like, what do you guys feel about the show right now? Lindsay. <laughs> well, Emery does not watch Real Housewives. I'm sorry. I, and this not he doesn't even watch any of the franchises, I don't believe. I yeah. don't watch reality TV. And it's not because I feel better than I literally don't have an interest in stage reality. That ain't that ain't me. Um, but I do find out of all of them, Real Housewives of Atlanta is one of the ones that I find entertaining. Mm -hmm. I've seen clips and I'd be like, okay. Yeah, I do think that some of this stuff is um, staged, but I think a lot of this stuff is real, to be honest with you. I'm telling you from experience, though, like I, well, just from the outside, the little bit that I had access to, there is basically, I was going to be on a reality TV show that was going to be on Freeform. And on the first day I got on set, they literally was like, okay, we want to make sure everybody knew each other because we want to, you know, already have some background stories that we can play on. And then when I got there, they was like, okay, this is going to be the topic of the conversation at the table, and then y'all just go with it. So it's still reality, but also at the same time, manufactured drama. Stage. I'm not saying it's fake. It's literally staged. You got bitches who don't even really fuck with each other put in the same room. Why y'all even talking to each other? Right? Uh, so, 
Yeah, and I, they were like, okay, once the clam goes off, y'all stop fighting, y'all stop arguing. In what world does that work? <laughs> <laughs> but y'all can talk about the show. Y'all watch it. Go ahead. I like the show. Um, I still like it. I think the cast is okay right now. Um, I can't think of anyone else who I'd want to give a peach to at this point, other than Marlo, but maybe she doesn't need one. But I, I, I still live for Kenya. That's still my one, honey. Like, to me, I think people don't understand people like Kenya who, if they are in an environment where there are phony people around them, even if they're on a good page with somebody, it doesn't mean they're all the way your friend. That means if you're trying me 5%, that means I'm <laughs> going to revert back. I'm going to revert back to being shady towards you. And it's never going to be good until you are real with me. That's how Kenya is. And people don't get it. Do you, think Kenya ever live, goes, do you think Kenya ever goes too far? Of course she goes too far. But I think that if she had genuine relationships with people, she wouldn't be the way she is. Do you Some think say that, she plays housewives well. She knows how to yeah. housewife. She definitely knows how to housewife. She knows how to navigate. See, the business of housewives is what Kenya and Nini specialize in. And I think people need to realize that there's a business happening. Um, in order to get these houses, these nice cars and these checks, things have to, the business has to be maintained. The business is messy business. And, and however that comes, Nini and Kenya are well-versed in it. Phaedra was well-versed in it, too. She knew how to play the game. It's like, don't insert your real feelings. You have to do whatever you have to do to concoct enough, enough drama, create enough of a stir in order to keep those checks coming. Right. Everybody, well, can't, everybody can't be the queen, either. What do you think is one of the most discouraging shit? discouraging things about watching this show? Uh, women who keep going back to sorry-ass niggas. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it comes to a point where, like, these are, you know, older, late 40s, early 50s, you know, and that it should come to a point where, like, it's, like some of the issues should not be an issue? Yes. I mean, but I think we can't speak for everybody in a certain age group because that's the reality of it. There are people in that age group who act like that and that's who they are. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, there are times that I go back and forth with, you know, the whole black women representation thing. Mm -hmm. But here's what I think about that. I mean, black women are multifaceted. You know, sometimes you know, life happens. And if this, I'm always going to watch them because I'm always going to watch Black women being represented in any capacity on television in this manner. I just am. I'm just always going to support that. I'm going to support them. I don't like how they act all the time. I don't even like how they interact all the time. You know what I mean? Kenya goes too far. I think Nini goes too far. I think um, Nini, you know, 
you know, taking it upon herself to, you know, throw these things into the universe, you know, deciding who should be on, who shouldn't be on. Does she have a producer credit? I'm confused. <laughs> right. I think it will go to territory with her. You know, she felt like because she was there from the beginning, she helped frame the show. She helped start, She helped get the show where it was. So she kind of feels an ownership. I think that ownership goes very far at times. But um, to be honest with you, Kenya and Nene both have gotten my nerves this season more than any other season. They both got in my <laughs> they, they both got in my nerves. I think that they've gone beyond the scope of the show. And I do feel like the cast needs a little shakeup. I, and it makes me miss someone like Phaedra. Phaedra to me was funny. You know, it was still a little, it's like, I, I think there's a lot more nastiness. Like at the end of the day, the show, as we all know, was about the funniness and the reads and all that with them. And it was still a little, it, to me, it's just like, now you got them spitting popcorn and you got them, you know, um, you don't know, you know, you got this woman and her husband talking to her. At the end of the day, can you, you know, you can't, <laughs> this husband is talking to her crazy. And, you know, right. You know, no, man, you know, this man does not want to film. You know that he did not want to be on the show. So to me, it's kind of like, okay, you want me to film? And you know I don't want to film? Okay, I'm going to let everyone know how I feel about filming on this show. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, I feel like my opinion that, you know, she has a, the baby is gorgeous. I feel like for someone that supposedly always wanted this marriage and this happy life, mm -hmm. and you finally get it, I feel like you should have weighed these options. Like, why put this man on something that he knows he really doesn't want to do. Basically self-sabotaging all the things she built. Right, just for right. a storyline, because that's what it really is about, the storyline. And then, like, now, supposedly, they may be working things out. I mean, I don't know. I, I she had an interesting stance, though. Look, you got to think about it. Do what pays my bills uh -huh. or commit to the things that make me happy. And that says a lot about who she is as a person. Yeah, but don't act like but don't act like she's got something good to be dealing with. Like he's a piece of work. So to me, I'm glad she got her baby. But she's also and, a and piece my, of work. She's a piece of work, but I'm talking about him because he's still a man and he's still supposed to respect her. Mm. And at the end of the day, you that's your woman. You chose to get with her. So don't get with her and treat her like that on national television. Totally agree with you because I, I think that's horrible for him to be, to be married and treat her like that. But I also want to say ridiculous. what that also goes to and that goes to when you have whirlwind romances because let's be honest with you when you're first getting to know somebody that is a represent, that's, a, that's another representative that you're getting to know. That is not the person within the first three months that is relatively going to be the person you're going to end up with. So when, that whirlwind romance that they had I think that they started really getting to know each other after they were married, for real, for real. Yeah. They both learned it's, things about it. Be each like other. that. <laughs> and I think they both learned things about each other that they really did not like. Um, I've listened to some of the things that Mark would say, like calling her a history revisionist and certain things. And I think there's certain things he just didn't like about her. And I think that if they were smart and really got to know each other, he would have realized, okay, this is not my type of bitch. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> let's just keep it real because if you really get into a lot of the arguments, he doesn't really like a lot of the messy stuff involved with Kenya. He doesn't like filming. Think about it. And then like, he's very aggressive. He really wants to certain that. That's why, you know, there was, I thought it was funny too when it was calling her Ken and she, he wants a submissive wife. Not everybody's built for that. And I think Kenya was trying to because, you know, that's her husband and she, you know, the baby and, but 
you got to know who you're really being with and you got to know what they want in their life to see if you can fuck with that. And that's vice versa. I don't think that she fully knew how deep it would be being married to him. And I don't think he knew what type of broad he was really marrying. I'm, I'm being they both, they both got what they wanted. She got her baby and he got some fame, period. You, you, get, you, get, you get from him that he wanted fame? I don't get that from him, to be honest with you. Well, I, I really do. don't. I don't get it from him at all. I do. I, don't I do. Think he I feel wanted like fame. How you gonna get with a woman? I feel like, like that other one she not... was with. I feel like that other one that she was with, Matt, whatever it is. I feel like he wanted fame. He want. Oh, I, definitely. I, I feel like. I he think was... he wanted to temper her fame. Yes, I feel like. I wanted. I think he wanted to dim her light. So, yes, I feel Ooh. like to bring her down to earth a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's like kind of like when, you, like we all know that thing, like when you really know somebody and somebody and like you really know somebody and when they get on get in front of people they kind of put on and it kind of like some people it kind of rubs you the wrong way because you really know them you know how to get down then pay then pay for my house pay for my car <laughs> pay for my child bitch you want you want me to be come down to earth and and not be on this show for you just because just because we had a child pay my house pay for my house well I wasn't more man already uh, more man I thought it was paid for already. Who, but who knows? Well, what I'm saying is, if you you all the way in New York, <laughs> you're not even over there with the baby. Like, there's no, there's nothing that you can say. I think as much time as he can spend away from her, he wants to spend away from her. That's what I feel. Mm. I agree, and I feel like, and I feel like you knew that before y'all had mm. a child. I don't know. I don't know. I think that thing. I really think that it was a process. I think as you, we all know how it is when you're bitch. I think that he really got to know her and actually got no, to know her. No, you know, in the like beginning. Her. I don't believe that. I believe you know in the first two weeks when somebody's a little. No, I disagree. I think I think that she's a totally and I and I and I'm gonna tell you something from what they all said and I believe it. I think she's a totally different person when she is not filming. Hmm. But but I think that you know. Okay. Well, then in, 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 in that job. way. In that way, it's her loss. I, 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 and I agree with that. If, if that's the truth, but I, also I no, but think, think that, about it. They all say all the a lot of the women that even one that didn't like her at first, they all said that she's different off the show. And I can that's kinda, not hard to believe. And I can kind of see her being softer, and you know, submit and being more. I mean, a different and even you know, sometimes when you see how someone is with your child that does something for you. You understand what I'm saying? But then He's definitely softer with him laying out his clothes. He's very Caribbean. He's very Trinidadian. Very, very. You know, so that didn't shock me when I saw her laying out clothes, making breakfast, you know. For her man, honey. <laughs> but, but, the, but there's another side to Kenya that I think... Um, every woman has where if things aren't exactly the way she wants then she can have you know a, a crazy side like that's that's nothing different than a lot of women that i know with their nigga is given if you don't change this certain thing right now i'm about to become a different person and i think kenya's very that it's just it's just on tv mm. i think it's interesting that she and nini are at odds and those two have abandonment issues from their mothers. It's 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 very interesting, and they they sort of are like mirrors of each other. I totally I agree with you. Way. I, I agree think with they you like each it. other. I think they like each other. Oh no, I think they really. I think they really hate each other for real. I, th it's I think they do. Hate. They, I think they hate the things they do to each other, but I think that they like each other. 
I think they hate From the things they see in each other, the similarities Boom. they see in each I other. I just made a tweet about this. Sometimes you're most triggered by the people that mirror your own behavior. Absolutely. And, and it shakes your whole spirit up. Absolutely. You're looking at yourself. Your Both own. of them are have the tendency to be bullies, arrogant, um, nasty. Make up shit. They, they both make up shit. I mean, it, it's across the board. Ridiculous. But moving on, um, let's go to some of these comments and then come back. But good okay. luck to Kenya Moore Hair Care. <laughs> um, okay. Um, okay, Tony said, I'm the assistant. Um, how do you all feel about the current state of affairs regarding the coronavirus and its impact on the LGBT community? We'll come back to that in a moment. Um, we'll come oh. back to, did you guys see the house party last night in Chi-Town during this time? Walls of all people, your thoughts? Come back to that. Okay. Um, how do you feel about Kenya? I think she needs to be chopped. Okay, let's make it hot. Who should come back? I'm going to answer all these more. Um, they think Kenya Moore has a mental disability. Yes, she's bipolar and narcissistic. Um, <laughs> I disagree, Lindsay. Um, let me call it. I want to make the convo hot. Kenya is still a cancer to the show. Oh, yeah. wow. People try to imitate the <laughs> What's up, A. Marie? How you doing? A. Hey, what's up? I miss you too, A. Marie. Um, mm. I've been looking for a healthy trans couple experience. What? I'm reading comments. Um, <laughs> Nini is an arrogant bully. They're all messy. Mm-hmm, I agree with that. I should be the producer for the show. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> put some gay couple on it as rich as hell. Okay, it's a lot of. Okay, I, 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 I agree with that. I agree. Put a put a gay on there. Yeah, but can I make foes all there. I, I kind of just I give all their passive homophobia. No. I'm gonna be honest with you. They always have the same type of gays that their friends and their assistants. Mm, I'm good on that. To be honest with you. Well, that you want, well, that put a gay not, on housewives. You're saying? Yeah. They've had gays since the beginning, and to me, they've always been the minstrel character in some type of way. I don't want that because we always want to be like some type of token or gimmick. Exactly. That's why. We need our own shit. No shit. Okay. So, okay. So they all want to know from you guys first. <laughs> how do you feel about the current state of affairs regarding the coronavirus and the impact on the LGBT community? So what are your thoughts about that? Well, I guess I'll start a little bit to say that um, I don't want to sing out LGBTQ people, but I want to point out Black people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's disproportionately targeting us because um, for those who don't have certain access to healthcare, for those that are live in you know poor neighborhoods, we're disproportionately affected by this. Um, we, um, we've been seeing a higher rate of people that are black catching coronavirus. So I, I just hope that you know someone steps in to give us the things that we need. And give those for those who don't have access to certain healthcare, healthcare and privacy, and gloves and masks. I hope that they get it, you know. But no, I, I haven't really taken a moment to think how it affects LGBTQ people. But I have thought about Black people. That's all I can say. Yeah, which overlaps. <laughs> I've definitely thought about it because I've seen some interesting 
comments regarding, um, you know, when we talk about a pandemic, people like to bring up HIV and AIDS and um, true. That is a touchy subject. It's not quite the same thing. Right. I think we need to be very careful in how we broach certain subjects um, regarding the LGBTQIA community and health. You know what yeah. I mean? I think we need to be very careful. I think we need to be informed and making these little vacuous statements, you know, sort of like comparing this pandemic to AIDS. I don't That's... think it's, no, I don't think it's a correct analogy. I don't think there's any congruency there. I have seen somebody, I th- oh, don't quote me, but I think it was said by um, George M. Johnson on Twitter, but yes. for many people with um, HIV, um, it does feel familiar. Yes. Um, the pandemic feels familiar. Um, but one thing I do want to point out is that just because you have um, HIV, that does not necessarily um, mean that you're higher at risk if you are taking your medication. There's this assumption that just maybe, because you have maybe the-, the Maybe the feeling of it uh, coinciding or reminding has to do with maybe when AIDS first came in the early 80s. Well, it's... It's the stigmatization, it's the somewhat criminalization of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. This is yeah. why we have to be very careful when we talk about these things. Not to yeah. say there isn't a similarity, but um, HIV and AIDS was such a big thing. And the way that it attacked the queer community at large was just heinous. You know what I mean? It really I mean, was, and, it was and, terrible. And it, called, and it was called dehumanized people. And it called it, it really called, did. It was called the gay disease, the gay Absolutely. cancer, it gay man's disease, right. gay and, man's blood. Um, you know, just the way they treated it, the way they put it in the media, like you know, when people like Rock Hudson was, you know, first one, and Gia Karanji was one of like you know the cele- mainstream celebrity that was you know they could put a face to it, and that's when like Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan have got involved, right. I mean, I there are add. some, there's certain, you know, there's similarities, like I said, the stigmatization, the, um, you know, the disparity in, in regards to black and brown people, right. you know what I'm saying, you know, in regards to treatment and that sort of thing, and health, the level of health care, there are some, you know, some intersections there, I think. If you we guys still have to be careful. About the coronavirus, guys. Um, I saw it on you. Actually, watched it on Netflix today. Uh, it's called Coronavirus Explained. It's about thirty. Oh, minutes. is it good? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's um, I knew a lot of that stuff already, but it mm-hmm. kind of gives you another view. And um, they talk about that and other pandemics like the smallpox right. and measles mm-hmm. and um, the bird flu and HIV. Right. They talk about certain things and kind of explain how swift this is and how this could have been contained. How viruses spread. Right. So if you yeah. guys. You know, pretty much if we would have, if they would have acted sooner in China and the United States, how we would have had a better cap on this thing, obviously. So, um, I do want to point out that I have, I, I misspoke. Um, as I go home every day, I do pass an LGBTQ um, homeless shelter. It's called Casa Ruby. And so I did think, like, thinking about how high the rate of homelessness amongst LGBTQ 
Q youth is Everywhere. like making sure that they have like the right resources, places to go, places to sleep, and just shelter period to protect themselves. Um, yeah. I have that have crossed my mind. So I get to an point. My now. hope, but my hope, you know, going back, I agree with everything you guys said, but going back to what Emery was saying in the beginning about black people in particular, I hope that they're listening and really realize what's going on because people can throw a lot of opinions at, at you, but at the end of the day, you have to make your own decision. And if you already see that we're dying at a higher rate and you see that, I hope that you do your research and watch shows like that, that um, Caesar's talking about. And there's also another one, Pandemic, which is much longer, but it kind of is a more thorough breakdown of, <clears throat> once you watch that, you, you can't be confused anymore. Um, but um, you just have to protect yourself. <laughs> and I hope that black people get it. And speaking of that's my that, hope. Yes, I'm glad, glad you said that, but I'm also gonna add your conspiracy theories don't do shit for the pandemic. Okay, shut the fuck up with your <laughs> that whole time. Honest, thing a lot talk. of conspiracy theories they add to the anxiety, they add to the stress, they it, add it, to and the it does what for us. It does what for us, make us more scared. Now, what I do want to point out as I was watching a video on the route. Um, you know, the publication, you know, the whatever, the website, whatever. Mm -hmm, the um, they were talking about how it is harder for Black people to really trust science and the government because we have a history of, and in med, um, medical people, they have a history of being dishonest with us. I Fair. get that. I mean, Tuskegee Institute, all that, I mean, Airmen, I'm sorry, all that stuff. Um, we get it. I get it. But you making up fact lists, or, oh, I saw this on YouTube and they said, who said that? What degree <laughs> does he have? Who does he? <clears throat> what accredited source are you getting this Sharing from? Sharing this shit from abc123z.net. Who the fuck is this bitch that submitted this article? Like, your opinions, your conspiracy theories does nothing but Add to mass hysteria. It's like, fear mongering <laughs> at its 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 worst. So you just start off shutting up. I just want to say that. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Hold on, that was a heavy one. Was it? It's heavy as um, my okay, so Did any of you guys see the house party last night in Chicago during this time? Wall to wall people. Wait, what happened? <laughs> there was a, a big house, house party. party. There Chicago. was a big house party in Chicago, wall to wall people. Did, what are your thoughts on that? First of all, <laughs> my people from Chicago. Your hometown is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What type of nigger shit is this? Chicago, Chicago. Let me tell you something. I, I lived in Chicago for a little bit, and I have been to two house parties there. And I'll Maybe say, I, I understand why they were there. <laughs> they be lit. But let me just say, like, if y'all don't stay your black asses in the right. house. <laughs> Chicago. It's going to be there when all this is over. Just sit tight. I think we need to contact that Chicago mayor. I think that is some of the things that's wrong with our people. They just don't know when to sit still with certain things, you know. They, they, they wanted to like test the water. 
they don't even know how to swim, but they're gonna they're gonna go to the deep end and see what happens and see if you know how it goes. That's the sad part about it. And the, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it shit really don't is. get real. Shit don't get real until you start coughing. Until you start. <laughs> okay, no, I, I mean, I've, I've been speaking about this on these lives. Um, yeah. You know what? Was we all know you could have a regular little cough. You could have allergies. Anything. You do that now, it was it, it shuts down the whole room. Everybody's looking at you like you have the bubonic plague. So I mean, I know it, it, it's it's crazy because you know even me, I was in the supermarket and I mean I I, I do all the precautions, had the mask on over time. I'm doing and, mm-hmm. and and I'm holding in a cough that I want to let out and, because I don't want to be that one. <laughs> no, and um, but I also was the that. other day, but I also was in a supermarket the other day and um there were <laughs> older um Caucasian people. And they were just coughing up a storm, and I was very upset. Like, oh my over your goddamn mouth. Even though oh pretty God. much everywhere now over here, um, and we have very, thank God, a low amount of cases. Um, everywhere you go now here, I think that the way they've handled here is pretty good. Is everybody has to have a face mask when you go out and go in places? So, yes, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was telling my friends, you know, earlier, it's scary because even I, today I went to work and I found out about somebody literally dropping dead in the lobby. <laughs> we don't know why he died, but just dropped dead in the lobby. And so, given everything that's going on, of course, everybody's like, "Bitch, I'm not going up in here. That mother, that whole building got corona." Like, <laughs> But shit is real, and I really need y'all to take it seriously. Don't wait to the issue to pop up on you for you to take it seriously. See, but I think this speaks to a larger, um, a deeper issue, too. This sort of, like, weird, monolithic way of thinking amongst Black people has really been to our detriment. Because right now, nobody has any empathy for anyone. And it's really become very individualistic. Like, if it ain't happening to me and mine, then it's I not don't real. give a fuck about it. Yep. I don't know. I mean, let's how be honest, a lot of here. people don't really feel something until it hits close to home. Exactly. Like, I don't close. even know how we got here. I really <sighs> don't. There's a lack of empathy, there's a lack of knowledge, there's a lack of wanting to seek knowledge. There's and it's a lack exhausting. of even wanting to be intelligent. You know what I mean? <laughs> there, there's this just like blind sweeping, you know, if a group of people say this is what it is, then I'm going to go with this group of people without challenging anyone, without thinking critically, without doing any Resources, of Resources, research. No. It's going to keep, it's going, it's detrimental to us. And I keep watching it happen it's happening not just with the virus but when different things come up especially things that are already detrimental to the black community it's like this wave of thinking and people are under a haze and they Mm -hmm. don't want to get the correct information it's like they love being ignorant and dumb and they decide for themselves what they want to believe in Okay, guys, so um, next topic, I don't know if you guys are familiar, um, young man, I believe his name was Isaiah Wilson, um, <laughs> and because of the uh, the coronavirus, you know, uh, the draft picks that they do, um, 
they've, they've been doing it obviously virtual too. And this young man, he got picked, I believe, to go to the Tennessee Titans, I believe, if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, let okay. me know. And his girlfriend, who happens to be Caucasian, um, was hugging him and leaning on him. And his mother, you know, tried to nudge her away so he can have his moment, you know, living that. And she didn't want to move, so she basically snatched her up. <laughs> um, and it Baby! And it kind of caused a storm. Um, I also watched, it caused a big storm. I also watched Funky Geneva, shout out to Funky Geneva's channel. Um, it was funny because uh, Funky Geneva was basically saying, and following from all the comments that um, if this Caucasian girl is going to marry this man and make and make it into a black family, she better know the pecking order that mom comes first and they're not having that shit. So... <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? What do you think? I mean, with, with your mother? Do you understand where the mother was coming from? Do you think the girlfriend was doing too much? What do y'all think? Everybody's on here. What do you think about it? So the guy is black, basically, right? Yes. Okay, and the girlfriend is white. Correct. What's his name? Um, Isaiah Wilson. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't think that we can address this without talking about history, you know, and why the mother will be distrusting of that young white woman to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, we <laughs> um, I'm not completely against her. I'm not completely against her wanting her son to have his own moment, shine on his own for what he worked hard for without her being in the limelight. I'm not completely against that. What I do want to say is that on a general level, outside of race, is that it, it kind of ain't necessarily mom over somebody I love. It's not. If you with somebody you love, it's kind of like, do you love them or not? You can't really prioritize family over the person that you sleep, eat, breathe, Pamela Mary, spend the rest of your life with. I don't know how deep their relationship is. If she's just the girlfriend that he just met, she wouldn't even have been invited. She shouldn't even be on TV. I just watched the video. I just watched the video. It's um, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm all about the pecking order and black mothers and all that shit. Mm. But this video is awkward. Was she harsh with it? I mean, she bitch. She, she yanked her ass up. She grabbed her, and then it was the first she attempt. Yanked her and ass. And it, it, it wasn't successful, so she got her up again. Girl, it was that wasn't her place, um, though. That okay, was not her place. I don't think let's it was in, either. Well, let's get into these comments. I want to get into these comments right here, and want to um, kind of, which kind of piggyback this comment from a Tessa Turner, kind of piggyback off a lot of the comments that I've read. Um, the biggest thing I took from that is a lot of these black men have white girlfriends before they join the NFL. It's almost like the white women are in the football player starter pack. Um, okay. That's a, well, let's go take a, go but, ahead, uh, But we have to take a look at the pathology. What was perpetuated in that home? Why wouldn't he want to bring home someone that looks like his mama or his auntie? See, these black women... First of all, y'all getting too invested in what these what these men wanted, these black men want to do. My only issue with black men and their their you know picking others is 
I don't like that they don't have a respect or they don't acknowledge how legacy in the black community is important. Creating legacy. It not only aids in building generational wealth, but that's how you would build up your community, creating legacy, black families. But everybody is interested in creating an interracial, creating interracial children that are somehow black identified and then shoving it down everybody's, you know, throat how black they are. Mm-hmm. I don't care what black men do, their preference for partners. And I think black women get too caught up in that. But as for the mother, first of all, that is his mate. That is someone that that girl is pregnant and they already have a child together. That is the woman he is with. So oh. don't, this, don't yank so me out of no frame. So plain devil don't advocate. Yank, don't yank me out of no frame with my man that I fuck really? every night. Yeah, I mean, she just that. she just happens to be okay, white. Okay, so let's, let's play from another perspective. Um, okay. We don't know how long that um, him and this girl been together. Totally can get what you're saying. That's his girlfriend. So let's play another thing um, as the mom. What if she has been a staunch supporter of her son? Always, you know, this is a, a, dr- a lifelong dream of his. And she has sacrificed to help him do that. As we know, a lot of these athlete moms and stage moms end up, you know, they put a lot into it and they, they've been there from the beginning and they've been there for a lot of the yays, a lot of the nays and um, not even the mother trying to sit there and get in that moment, but just wanting the hard work that her child That is a grown on. ass man and it ain't her fucking place Exactly, tell- if he didn't want her there, he could have <laughs> stepped out of the frame. He had simply like if she he going didn't want too her far. There, he hugged do, her. Do you think some does not live do girls, do you think some these girls overstep their boundaries? If I have two children with you, if I have two children with you, no, I am not. <laughs> So let me ask you a question, Lindsay. Do, do you feel um, do do you feel like a this is just just piggybacking off what you guys are saying? Um, do you know? Because I was reading a lot of the comments from Black women in from Twitter and reading it on other things. Do you feel like a lot of times Black guys do automatically pick these white girls because Black women are too strong for them, too aggressive for them? They no, they 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 hate themselves. Boom. They, Boom. They hate their fucking so, selves. So, so kind of elaborate on that right there. Um, what's to elaborate? Start? They okay, hate go, go themselves. <laughs> they don't want to see themselves reflected. They actually have a net, an inherent... See, you have to think about what's been perpetuated in the house. Mm-hmm. These See, these Black women don't want to take they don't want to take the blame for some of that. If your son is constantly and consistently bringing home women that don't look like you, or there's something going on in the language in your house that has created something, or there's a disconnect somewhere, there's a self-hatred somewhere lingering. Now we can talk about preference all day. Some people have preferences, I get that. But at the alarming rate where 
Black men have preferences that somehow lead to them denigrating Black women. That's where I have an issue. I don't care about your preference. Oh, in particularly dark-skinned Black women. Phenotypically, look, you know, phenotypical black women, dark skinned women, yeah. it doesn't matter. And now it's even light skinned women because they ain't even good enough nowadays. Uh, yep. It's either Latinas <laughs> or white. Now, now they want the white women that gives black <coughs> attributes the closest thing to black without being black. Absolutely. And you have to, and black women in these households that lead these households, sometimes you got to look at, take a look in the mirror yourself. What are you perpetuating? What have you told your child? See, there's a lot of things that, that aren't discussed involving Black men that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about why Black men need to have waves in their Caesar so bad. That's an extension of colorism. That's an extension of self in, like innate self-hatred. No one wants to talk about that. They only want to talk about I'm gonna need you to I'm a Girl, I'm going to need you. Now, that one right there, I'm going to need you to elaborate on that one. It's, uh, it's... Just like with Black women are lambasted for getting perms, weaves, whatever. No one talks about Black men co coaxing that hair into waves if they don't have the hair tight. Going out of their way to brush every that night with that do rag to make Nobody sure. Nobody talks about it because black men always get a pass. Black women always bear the brunt of all these issues. All the issues, black women bear the brunt of it. Nobody talks about these things. And nobody also talks about why these men consistently choose women who not only most of the time nowadays, they have the black woman shape, but they ain't black. It's not in a black they ain't package. Black. Exactly. You know what I mean? Once again, I don't care about your preference as long as you not you're not denigrating black women. But I don't know. Somehow we always get in the conversation, and it's always negative. Do you feel like some of uh, some of these a lot of these black men that do date? outside of their race, they do denigrate Black women or they have a reason? Because um, I've heard Black men say that, oh, they can't deal with a Black woman because it's too much. They too on it. They too stressful. They, you know, I I've heard men say that, you know what I'm saying? It's easier dating outside of their race. Um, To paint that picture of every Black woman in the universe is fucking dangerous to me. Ain't every Black woman is not the same. Ain't all angry, right. ain't all aggressive. That's the problem right there, that you think all Black women are the same. And there are plenty of white women that can be whoever they want to be. And they still will not be painted as one type of white woman. But let's talk about some a lot of gay people have issues with black women. Yes, we do. We did those, are for different, those, are for different, those are for different, those are for different reasons. Okay, and we'll get to that. Let me just answer some of these people because you guys went into a lot of things. Hello, Tyrone. How are you? Um our people need to stop worshiping white people, Afro-Latinos too, even though you think you're something else. Um, <laughs> uh -oh. That's not That's a whole, That's That's a whole, whole another thing. Leave, leave, leave Cardi B. Leave Cardi Corrupt B. Corrupt 1985 said majority of the trap draft players had Caucasian or foreign girlfriends already. A few of them had kids, so they are ahead of the ritual. Come Love on. Lindsay and the facts. I have um, to add. <laughs> 
Ryan That's said this crazy. reminds him of the new Netflix show, Black as Fuck. Let's not get to that yet. Not um, interested. I gave it a chance. It was, I gave it a chance. Uh, Sunset, it stems from slavery. We've been conditioned to see everything. It always eyes. stems from slavery. We've been yeah. conditioned to see the, um, everything through the eyes of whites. Also, we don't learn from our historical relationship with them. We have a learning disability. Um, hmm. uh, we have an inferiority complex. Yada, yada. That, that too. Uh, this show is hot tonight. Um, Many parallels, these type of black men have an unreal worldview. You are right, Lindsay. Um, Lindsay is, hello, Kiko, is beyond a household. Unfortunately, it stemmed in our race from slavery and colonial, uh, colonialism. Um, yes. I see both sides said most black athletes end up at white high schools because the chances for pro ball and getting scouted is higher. There's so that. Girls, so mm -hmm. white girls are 95%. I have a ratio for dating them. And um, I think it, that black men create an image of what success okay, and what climbing the ladder looks like no for one, them. Anybody on my panel, you know, I don't, I don't play that. You're not going to call them names or you'll be muted. I don't play that shit. You can have your opinions and still be respectful. Um, this is a great point. They see both sides. Uh, Brian said the Willie Lynch letter. Yeah. Yeah. Willie Lynch letter, the Willie Lynch, Lynch theory. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Since you know, um, how do you guys feel about it? why does um, why do you feel a lot of um, gay men have issues with black women? Well, there's always a complicated relationship between, and particularly, I can speak for black gay men and black gay women. There's a whole show that we did um, about it's called it. Blisters. It's need called to Blisters. Check it out. What season? Called, what episode is that on? That season two. That season two. It's called two. Blisters because I, I, I wasn't ready for it in season one. But, so, uh, so give a little bit of um, history on that. And so basically, it all starts with misogyny and homophobia um, and how you can be an oppressor and <laughs> someone oppressed at the same fucking time at the bottom of the totem pole. Um, right. I think that's where you got to start. And I think that some gay men don't realize that just because they're gay, that they can be misogynistic. And just because you're a black cis woman and you experience so many layers of oppression, that does not mean that you can't be homophobic, okay? And so what's complicated about it is that, speaking for myself again, and many, not all black gay men, but many of the ones I know, black women are usually the first ones that um, what our friends, our mothers, our aunties, the one that was the first to be open with us, that allowed us to be ourselves, and also were our idols so for some of us. Right. And so these women that we celebrated and love, and even love in art and entertainment, that we look up to at the same time can be homophobic as fuck and don't really fuck with us, like they say that they do. It creates a complicated relationship. The same person that allowed me to almost become who I am, create a safe space for me, can also be the same person that takes me down, that knocks down my manhood. Um, and secretly hates you. And secretly hates you, perpetuate deal culture, um, think that you're going to hell, all these layers. And for the same thing with black women and looking at um, you know, gay men, it's like, okay, finally there's a man that celebrates me in a way that that is um, a little bit more 
well, period. not as sexualized as cis heterosexual men, but at the same time, they put these standards on how womanly and feminine they have to be. How do you have to well, look? Here, okay, I, I'd like to step in, especially on that, because Go there's ahead. a sexual there's a sexual connotation there. Black women, black cishet women, I am one of them, so I know. Passive homophobia is their game. And mm. that's how they go along to get along. Um, I can only speak for myself because of the work that I do in this community, because of the people that I love in this community. This is not a game for me. There, is, there are so many things I had to unlearn. There are so many things that I realized that I was putting into the air that was actually hurting in a sense, the people that I love. See, for Black cishet women, we're always gonna start with the sexual thing. There's an inherent fear of HIV and AIDS. We always have to start there. No matter how who's doing our makeup, no matter who's doing the hair, there's a sexual threat posed with Black men. I mean, what's the funny? That's the first thing that's thrown out there. Oh. Absolutely. It, it, that's a known thing. I and, and Black women like to taunt gay, Black gay men, especially their friends, the ones they claim they love, um, with, you know, just subtle things. There's still mm -hmm. a repulsion in them when it comes to gay male sex. There's still a visual repulsion. I see it in women. I check girls all the time. Now, I have to say I'm in the minority because I'm in so fully immersed in the community. I can't necessarily judge the next woman that isn't. You know, you're into what you're into. Like, I don't see gay, gay two men um, making love as, as nasty or anything like that. I write about that. I want gay male intimacy to be normalized. That's why yeah. the work that I do on Triangle, the work that we do on Triangle is so important. It's so important that I'm doing it because just like we say, well, white people got to tell other white people what's wrong with them. I feel yeah, like yeah. as a cishet black woman, I got to tell other black women what the fuck is wrong with y'all. And y'all get away with a lot of shit. Black men, black gay men, unfortunately, they love their moms, they love their aunties, they love their friends. Sometimes they don't want to correct them. Yes. But I urge yeah. you, anybody who is looking at this right now and hears me, I urge you, anytime you feel unsafe, anytime you feel like your masculinity is being dismissed, you have every right. I don't care who it is, your mama, your auntie, I don't care who it is. You have every right to challenge them on that and correct them. You never, you, you might get a surprise. They love, if they love you, they will do what it takes to not hurt you. Mm -hmm. And I mean that. Period. Period. And that works on both sides for gay men as it relates to women. Gay men are not right. accessories either, girl. We have a responsibility for my peers it's a certain way that you talk about black women that's not going to fly by me. I mean, I have dated people that have said things about women that it created 
a lot of friction in my relationship. I'm like, I can't be with somebody who fucking thinks like that. Like, I, that don't sit well with me. As a feminist, that does not sit well with me. You know, and um, I think when you create a space and a boundary with people that that shit don't fly, if they really love you, they would do better and work on their way of thinking and educate themselves. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Yeah. When it comes to, Your when it comes to the people I love. gives people a reason sometimes to want to do better. When it comes to if the they people see I this love, there's nothing I won't do. There is nothing I will not do. And if you got to check me, then so be it. Yep. This is life or death for trans women. This type of shit is True. life or death for gay men. It's not to be played with. They're not jokes. They're not the butt of jokes. They're not their masculinity should not be dismissed. Trans women and their experiences and their womanhood should Ever. not be dismissed. Ever. Black women be getting away with a lot of shit. It's not cool. And I see it every day. I've had so many arguments with people. Caesar, I know somebody personally. I know a couple of people that know Sanaya and Kelly. And I don't fuck with two pe- those two people because they kept misgendering them in our conversation. I don't have time for it. I don't think the shit is cute. Right. How do you feel, Marcus? I think that people do shit on purpose. Um, I happen to be one of the people in the world that see people for who they are and I try to meet them there. Um, I, I think I can say that about Black women too. I have a love-hate relationship with them. I can admit it though. I don't hate women, but I see the things that they do and I see the things that black men do. And when those things occur, I say, well, there's some more nigga shit. There's some more nigga bitch shit. (laughs) But I don't don't judge everyone exactly the same. And it's very important. I don't judge everyone the same. And I see, and there are black women in my life that try to do the work, have done the work over the years. And a lot of them are still in my life. And the ones that haven't are not. And I think that's because you can, you can silently decide to disconnect from someone who you feel like is disrespecting the, your lifestyle, the way you live. Um, I, I hold everybody accountable. So, you know, if I, but I do run into gay people that hate black women. Um, black, straight, cisgendered men that hate black women. I mean, it's 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 actually exhausting. But I think getting to the root of why helps you to see them in a new light. And then if you do a little research about their life, then you can understand where they're coming from. So to me, this is all some of these motherfuckers. I ain't got time to be researching your backstory. I have no time. I'm talking. About, no I'm time. talking about black. Women. I, I know what you're talking about, I'm but talking I'm just saying. I have no time. Some of these motherfuckers, <laughs> I'd be like, you think like that? Okay, I ain't got time for you. No, like I'm you have to be in a particular women. place in my life for me to even care. So mm-hmm. you want to be able to devote that much to find out why are you like this and why you feel like this no, that. i'm not talking about that nigga i'm talking about people doing the the you know doing the research of why right they right. have something against black women they need to do research on black women the history and their history as to why they and talk to black women talk to them and see why they don't do the work so to me it just continues and it just continues and i think that um the relationship between black men and black women is fucked period 
Can but I extend have- also on a holding gay men accountable in our job too? Y'all, we, we need to be careful of how we pick apart women. They are not your objects. They don't live to be your little toys and Barbie dolls, your models, your fashionistas. Um, you need to be very <laughs> fucking careful it's about true. how you address cis and trans women on how they have to present themselves for you and your satisfaction. Yeah. Okay? That is misogynistic. And just because you're gay does not exclude that fact. You are still a fucking man at the end of the day. Okay? <laughs> right. It's true. A cis man. But don't be saying that about the patty melt. That women Shut wear up. when their feet, when their fucking feet hurt. <laughs> <laughs> got a patty melt, though. Got a patty melt. Let's move along. <laughs> <laughs> patty melt. That was def- uh, somebody said this baggage is heavy, and to be on, uh, Cherokee said, it, to be honest, it's got to be hard out here for black women as well. Of course, it's hard for everybody. How about that? It, it is uh, hard out here, but I get Kitty it. Klavsky said, y'all got me over here quivering. Um, Ooh. Women will fuck with you for the networking, the glam, or the vocabulary to level up. Um, it's a lot. Okay, let's move on. So, uh, we'll move on to a little TV. For those out there, I don't know if you guys watched the show Insecure, but Issa Rae's been back, and we're into the third episode of season four. Season four, right, guys? I think so. Um, has anybody been watching Insecure at all? Have y'all watched it? I have been. Show? I told. I just told Emery to catch up. He needs, especially with this episode that just happened, it's time to catch up. Okay, don't the, reveal too much. Don't reveal too much. But yeah, without the bulge, I'm it out there. So Issa um, and the, I believe the girl's name is Condola. If I'm Condola. Condola. Um, Condola's currently Pendolva. getting... She what? Pendolva. Pendolva. Well, Condola Pendolva. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get to that. We're definitely gonna get to that. Um, that's gonna be my next thing. Um, so currently, she's dating Lawrence Condola, and okay. as we all know Issa used to date Lawrence. But okay. Issa and Condola—they've kind of been um, organizing this block party, and they actually have become friends. And. They kind of like to break the ice. They when after finding out that they dated Lawrence, they kind of like made a joke and kind of talked about Lawrence to each other about some of his little quirks or whatever it is. How do you guys feel about could the person that you're now dating could they be friends with your ex? Like how could how would you deal with that? Because Lawrence basically was not feeling being a topic of their conversation. How do you feel about that? He has every right to feel that way. Um, especially I think given the history that this is an ex-girlfriend that cheated on him. Uh, <laughs> well, well want, also, she made a very crazy statement to her brother that I actually loved and I understood. It was very real. She said that she kind of felt like, you know, as we all, she was with Lawrence for five years and she did, was very patient with him, supported him, dealt with a and lot of shit. shit. It's and not, she, yeah, it's not black and white because he was and she felt like the nigga that he was then was the nigga Completely with potential. Different. Was the nigga with potential. And yeah. the nigga that he is now is the full actualized and she kind of person feel that like, he was waiting for. And she felt like she kind of reaping, as her words were, reaping off the benefits of being of her work. So 
And you know, and this has been a topic on social media before. Sometimes people date the nigga that you built. And this is why mm-hmm. we got to be careful with investing in building motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. You know, because <laughs> you got to be careful with building motherfuckers because you're going to build them for somebody else. I mean, don't we all kind of build somebody for someone else in a way? You have to yeah. draw the line somewhere. Whether else. bad or good, meaning that we, whether it was a life. Because life, here's my point, though. Sometimes you want to make a person that you're dating into who you want them to be for you. And sometimes you just got to date people where they are and just accept it for what it is. Absolutely. Because you're investing into this person and trying to make them into something. And they might never get there. And so after (laughs) they go through heartbreak, that ain't your job. That's really not your job. I don't don't believe in that shit. I don't believe in build up or... um, I don't like build the bears be. either. People, people who you know uh, <laughs> build a bear. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this this is why people can't find love because they are so focused on what's not right about somebody who should just be there to make them happy. Um, you know, I don't get people in the way that they process <sighs> genuine um, kindness and relationships. You're calling from another thing, Emery. Yeah, that's me. My phone, my other phone, about to die. And on um, <laughs> the back phone. Damn, what was we talking about? Oh, the ex, the ex thing. Right. I don't play that shit. My exes and my friends and my um and my new boo and all that. I'm not into that shit. It's not gonna mix. If you friends were huh? If you remain friends well, if you knew me first and you friends were huh? After we not together no more, don't be surprised when I don't come around as much, and don't question me as to why I don't. You knew me first, and you shouldn't be dealing with the bitch that I used to date anymore. You're a grown ass person; you can do what you want to do, but don't address me when you don't see me as much. Because to me, you know, there's 350 million people in the world. Why the fuck you gotta be dealing with, with my ex, bitch? You think I want to see that motherfucker? <laughs> Or hear about that motherfucker. You know, I may not be ready to hear about this shit. And you, and you still, if y'all was already friends before, right? Then I, you know, then I feel different. But to me, if I'm the one that brought you together, I'm, I don't have to prove. And and that's quality of your new device, Emery, is a little bit different than the other quality. (laughs) Shame. I see both sides said, but don't we push and motivate the ones that we love? This is true. Do we yeah. do what? This don't is... we push and motivate the ones that we love? It's pushing and motivating, and then there's building. Like yes. And, um... <laughs> I'm not building you. If y'all recall, Lawrence was sleeping in his fucking drawers when Issa would come home from work. He wasn't yeah. doing shit. He was completely unmotivated. <laughs> He was he was doing nothing. He was a nothing nothingness ass nigger. <laughs> and she dealt with that for what five years? Five yeah. years. And mm-hmm. so at what point in time did you say to yourself, well, this is who he is? Hello. So That's now a half a decade. I think that because we're constantly trying to um when you see somebody with the potential, you you constantly and you know that they have a lot of potential, and 
you kind of you want to see it work. You, I I really do feel like you want to see it work. Mm-hmm. You want to see the fruits of your labor. When I say labor, the work you put in and the hope you put in and the faith you put in and the years you put in, you want to see something come out of it because you do not want your time to be wasted. That's what that is 1,825 fucking days that I don't have. (laughs) And for those who need the math, that is 365 times five. That is five years. We ain't got time. Think about how long that is. I'm not about to be doing this with you. Well, everybody has to individually think about what their threshold is for, you know, dealing with a person with a mate with potential um it's their responsibility to to catch up to them if somebody's moving uh more ahead than the other one then the one that's not the one that's not catching up to them in an emotional way in a financial way or whatever it's a relationship you're you're supposed to catch up to each other if somebody's loving you better than you're loving them you, you need to catch up to them if somebody's advancing in their career and you're not seeing that and doing the same thing, don't be surprised when you lose them. And but, uh, um, yes, and, and you help them to and you help them to become the better person that they are. To me, in relationships, you need to be noticing that and you need to make adjustments as you go. Sorry. And so, and that's why <laughs> communication is that is why communication is important because. Y'all started at one point and then y'all involved into something else. So at right. all given times, you got to communicate about what's important to you, what you need. You if have I, to determine your threshold. You it, do. It is important for you, for your partner to be where you are, to advance also in your career to you. Because there are people out here and I do not want to diminish their relationship. There are people that are dating people that are unemployed. And right. it's not important for their partner to be employed. And that is okay. But if it is a standard for you, I need my partner to be just as motivated and driven. Okay, you need to communicate that then. And you also need to set a deadline because when people don't realize that there's a deadline to get better, they're going to take their fucking time. It's true. It is true. And (laughs) procrastination is a very strong demon in all relationships. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So another, can you so can you be friends with your ex? Can you be friends with your ex? Um, yes, you, you can. I feel so too. You can. But I you won't. Are, you are capable. <laughs> you, you can. can. You are you possible. May. You possible. may do it. You may do it. Possible, but for me, it's not probable. <laughs> <laughs> It's not practical. It's not okay. probable. Um, well, it's it depends. It's not happening. It depends. It's not black and white. So, With in my time, opinion, it's more successful. If it depends on. Uh, With time apart, it's it, 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 it helps. You absolutely need time apart. If y'all have a certain amount, and when I say time apart, I do not mean three months, I do not mean six. and not nine let's try a couple of years yeah a couple years but also I mean because what if y'all were dating and it wasn't really that serious to you ever then the time really might not be needed because y'all never really took each other seriously but if after going through a serious relationship 
you need time to trans- transition into that period of I'm not a lover anymore. I am a friend. And mm. that doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen in a few months. Mm-hmm. Because that motherfucker is going to still be expecting things of you and y'all ain't really set a boundary. Like paying phone bills and taking each other out to eat. Yeah, still fucking, living together and Living together. It gets when you so have messy. that blurred line of what y'all doing, every and get listen, go ahead, be friends. But if y'all still have them blurred lines, every you're still in a relationship. You, y'all still in a relationship. And if you have those you blurred lines, with, you're still in a relationship. The, every time you try to date somebody new, it's always gonna be a motherfucker problem into your detriment. Because how are you going to explain that relationship to somebody else? There's so many exes that remain tethered together for a myriad of reasons, and none of which are good. <laughs> none of which are good. Oh. To you. To you. To you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So next day, um, you guys always talk about it in your show. I always listen, but I haven't watched uh, Drag Race in season three. My child, Kyrie, has been on me, and I've been, uh, during the quarantine, <laughs> I started watching Drag Race. Uh, which, what season is this? Season 12. Season 12. I've been watching it for like the last four or five weeks. What do you guys feel about the state of the show? I have opinions, but I'm still getting back into the show. What do you guys feel about it? And does everybody on here watch it? Yeah. Jada Essence Hall. That's how I feel. <laughs> I think it's good. You can start us. Take us away, little Kumar. Take us away. I mean, you know, this this cast of girls, you know, I like them. Um, I, I like them. Um, Jada Essence Hall is my favorite, and Gigi is my favorite. It's um, it's 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 an interesting season because to me, some of them get are strong and then they get weak. And some are weak and then get strong. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to see mm-hmm. every week um, how they, the changes, how they, um, how they you know, um, play the, the game. But perform. all I can say is every time I every time I see the girls, I always pick the winner and I always pick who I like and I just follow them on their journey. I appreciate every girl, but Jada and Paul is the somebody girl. had uh, feedback on somebody had the audio on something going on right now. Oh. oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I had the the volume on my other phone on. My bad. Oh. <laughs> uh, what do y'all? Okay, so I'll just name. Okay, so Gigi, what do you like? What do y'all like about Gigi? Gigi is a fashionista. She reminds me of like Aquaria and Blair St. Clair, like mixed in one. Um, kind of. It's just something like that. Um, she's a Sagittarius. Um, I just like her energy. She, she's funny. She can do fashion. She can do comedy. She can, yeah. She can. Well, she can't. Really she's, got a, she's got a. She's got a master. She can ego sell it. Too. She's, she's got, got a master. master ego. Ego. He's a Sagittarian. Mm, it, <laughs> it go hand to hand. They go hand to hand. What do y'all feel about the chick that just went home, Widow? Widow. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm talking. Go ahead. She, she, I think she did that to herself. She did that to herself. Um, she had potential to go all the way, but that, that makeup was a booger. That it was makeup, horrible. Like, I could not deal fuck? with that fucking makeup. And that some makeup. of her fashion choices, 
was like she was looking through a slave catalog. Or really? Like, Those you know, silver so heels? Uh-uh. I'm like, no. is that a coon? Is that one of them motherfucking monkeys from back in the day? No. Then she's no. dressed as a butler like two times. I'm like, okay, bitch, I'm not dealing with you. Oh, yeah, Your choices are questionable. What did y'all think? What do y'all think about Heidi? Another booger with the makeup. But let me say something. She's funny and she's, she's a talented. Sweetheart. She's a key. And she dances down. <laughs> she's a key. I she's agree a key. That, that voice is very is like horrible. it's very Michelle. It's very Michelle in the voice. She's a key. She's a cackle. I do feel like um. The, bitch didn't know the, first, the first week I watched it, I guess it was the the stand. I don't know which game, which one it was. But <laughs> she should have done Phaedra. I don't know why she didn't do uh, why she. Yeah, she should have been, been Phaedra. She, she, she didn't her. watch the show. She doesn't. She didn't. She should have learned show. because I think that she would have fucked that up. She I think she would have also. Yeah, but greatest of all time. See, all she, she would have had to that. say is everybody knows. That's all she would have had to say. <laughs> With a little whistle. Yeah. Everybody knows. She yeah. I think she's uh-huh. definitely um, adorable, but she'll be going home in two weeks. My favorite is Gigi. My favorite is Gigi, but Gigi, also Jada. I think her drag is the most pulled. I think her drag is the most effective, but I think too that pulled. she's also, I, too pulled. Yeah, it is. It too is. pulled. I think that she kind of from what I've seen, that she kind of falls back on that, and it's more than just to my, for what I remember, it's more than just that in being to win this shit. Yeah, she needs to be. She yes. needs to be a drag queen and wear some fucking big hair. I'm she needs to t- turn it up a notch, like about thirty percent. Like I want to see some drag. I when think I think the, the chick- drag though, Sherry, I think the ch- Sherry and Jada are drag queens. The chick from Texas to me. She's like a, I don't want to say she's a dark horse because she got it, but I think that she, she's good. I think that she's good. I think you're talking about Jada. 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 No, Jada's not fun. You're talking about the skinny black girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jada, Jada Essence Hall. Um, I like she Jada. She is drag. Like her makeup, her hair, every, that is classic drag and I love everything and about And she's it. so cunt. Like, I love her, it. Like, yes. The hair, big hair. Sherry is also Britta, a classic like, drag queen. Britta the one like a shark or something. She, I didn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one from King um, The one with the mullet irritates the hell out of me. Oh, you Crystal don't like Method. Like Crystal. Not at Crystal all. Method. It, it, it's not, it doesn't really give me, it gives me, it doesn't, I don't want to say joke drags, but it just gives me more mm. like. It's supposed to be campy, comedic, but I, I honestly it. don't think she knows who she is. And that's what's going on. Right. I don't think she really knows her identity yet. That chick that just, the chick that just got into battled uh, Widow, I thought she was whack, but she deserved to win over Widow for the- um, She did. She, she ate her lip sync over Widow. She got into character. She's whack. She's boring to me. That's Jackie Cox. <laughs> Jackie Cox. And I love Jackie in the beginning. And I thought she was going to be another I type she was of way. Do and no, she's, she's getting better within the last two weeks, though. Yes. I guess the, um, the one Sherry Pie don't matter because she's off the show. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, who else is really, I don't know who, who else is going to, who I miss. Um, no, that's it. Heidi, Sherry, Gigi, Jada. Jackie Cox, Crystal Method. Yeah. 
That's, that's, that's wow. So who's all your prediction? That's going. Who's going to prediction that's going to win? Gigi's going to win, but um, of the top three, without a shadow of a doubt, is Jada, Jada, Jada Gigi, and Sherry. But J, J, Sherry is disqualified. So basically, right. so how are they going? How do you think they're going to? How do we, how do they do that if she's already disqualified? Well, the others don't even really stand a chance anyway. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> tell you the truth. So it's between Gigi and Jada. Yeah. Unless they it's, bring somebody back, right? I don't know. And if Jada takes it, I will literally be happy because that is classic drag. I, I want Jada that. to take and it. And she's funny and beautiful. I want Gigi, Jada to Gigi take it, but when I look at the versatility... Well, no, Jada's, Jada me. is versatile as well. Excuse she's me. versatile as well. She's won a comedy challenge. She's won, she's looked good in fashion challenges. So let me take back my statement. Yeah. Guys, we're taking questions. <laughs> if you guys have questions on here for this beautiful cast of Hard to Swallow, make sure you go and subscribe. Take, they on every platform. Check out their podcast. Make sure you guys will subscribe. If you have questions, here's your chance to ask them, guys. Let me hear what you have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look. Um, yeah. Emery, what is your type that you look for in a man? You know, um... <laughs> these mm. bitches, these shit, they shot her teeth. <laughs> Baby. Get into Should it. I tell the truth? Should I tell the truth? And no. shame the devil. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tell the I'm gonna truth. Be um, I think beauty starts with the self. <laughs> uh-huh. With that in mind, um, I do kind of have a thing for people that look like me. However, it's not necessarily looking like me. There are three primary things that I do look for. I love a nice smile. Attributes. I like. I love a nice smile. I love nice skin and I love <laughs> I love nice eyes. And when I say nice eyes, that doesn't mean you have to be a color, but like a shine or a bedroom eye. You know, like mm. sell me something, look into my soul. Fuck me um, eyes. Yeah, fuck me with your eyes. Um, I've dated yeah. all types of body types. <laughs> I've dated all types of heights, um, on the all types of men on the feminine and masculine spectrum. So again, those are the three kind of main things. I can't deal with bumpy skin. I'm sorry, and I don't have the time to invest into a regimen for you. But um, I'm just telling you what I'm attracted to. I'm telling you what I'm attracted. <laughs> to. Right. Damn. Are you, taking, yeah. are you taking all questions, Emery? Sure. Uh oh. But before <laughs> I go there, before I go there, that's just on a um um carnal level, like physically. Um, outside of that, like I need people that are level-headed, that um, you know, into so- socially conscious people that are critically thinking. Um, can't date anybody that is homophobic, hates themselves, anti-black, or misogynistic. Like that don't sit well with me no more. <laughs> Sheed. D- no, <laughs> no more. No more. D was asked Emery uh, on Super Chat as what happens. Uh, I don't want to read this whole thing. I'm gonna no go ahead. It's fine. What, 
what happened with your engagement? I was really rooting for you guys. And are you guys currently friends? They said what happened to it? Yes. And it are ended. you currently friends? No. It ended in no. <laughs> he had media training. Satisfied. <laughs> I answered the question. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that, and I do want to elaborate just a bit on that. Um, there is no requirement for you to be the good guy. Um, people can separate and perfectly decide for themselves if you want to be with somebody and deal with them or if you do not. And it's perfectly your choice. It doesn't make you an asshole. Um, for me, I decided not. Um, Emery and Marcus, do you, are you guys related in some way? You guys literally like like the older and younger Me and Emery are basically related, but not by blood. Yes, that is family. That how is did you family. guys meet? How did you, how did you guys meet? You, you gonna... Oh, wow. Um, we Tell met it, Marcus. We met through somebody who's unfortunately deceased in Chicago. Um, yes. His name um, was Fendi. Um, and well, no, she transitioned. So she, she transitioned. Her, her um, Paige. Paige Ipisu. Yes. And so um, he just felt like we should meet. And um, and when I met Emery, I, I instantly knew why. That's the way. That's the way it was. As the black no, woman said on the YouTube channel, that's the way it was. Um, the year, <laughs> the year Sicily, two thousand, um, We technically yeah. met beginning of December of two thousand eight because I remember that because it was around um, what's his name's birthday. Oh yeah, was I moved there in December two thousand eight. I moved to Chicago. <laughs> Um, and then I was still in high school, and then I was invited to the house by Paige before she transitioned. Um, and she was like, "You know, I'm I'm going to take you out on a date." Um, and you know, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't out of the closet at this time. So, I mean, you know, somebody walking up to me for my number. I'm like, oh my god, I'm in. For <laughs> <laughs> oh, my number. Um, right. And so this is before I was even on BGC Live and all that good stuff. And so <laughs> I came over the house and I could not believe what I, like, like okay, we're going to go out. I came over to his mother's house and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was seeing these trady men that I thought at the time wearing fucking heels, at the, voguing in the house and fishnets and shit. I'm like, what in the motherfucking type of... It was very much that. And then I saw... This woman came out in a red robe, uh, you know, and I was like, who is this? Like, tall woman. And then um, Paige at the time whispered in my ear, that's a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's a drag queen. Are you talking but, about no, Mina? I'm talking about the legendary Mina EPC from the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, and then uh, Marcus came in. And I was like, oh, that's like, he, he looked, I, I had an interest in him. He was interesting. He was intriguing. And then we didn't connect necessarily that day, but then we end up connecting later after the fact. And he, Marcus technically brought me to ballroom officially. officially. So he became your mentor from the beginning. Absolutely. And, um, and then I started becoming more comfortable with just 
who I was as a person. I mean, I felt like he was super confident in who he was, walking the streets in Chicago, not giving a fuck what people thought. And um, and that energy maintained in every room that he was. And I was like, hmm. Huh. <laughs> so Mama! So Mark, how was it you taking that role as his mentor, you know, parent, quote unquote, how was that? How did, did you take that serious always or did it just develop into that? It's interesting. We wanted to do a show on this about um, gay family, but I have a good um, example. I have a gay mother and a gay grandmother. So this was like generations of people like kind of guiding, you know, um, younger gay youth. Um, and so, you know, in that moment, you just know. And especially um, when you have the, uh, the relationship, the chemistry right away, and you don't want to see them make mistakes that you made. Mm -hmm. um, and you know and you what other super, people- You become super protective. You just become protective. Um, you want them to make their own decision. But at the same time, you have to let them know what they're up against because the ballroom scene can take people out. And yeah. um, so, you know, I always just tell Emery, like, don't tell nobody that I brought you to the scene, girl, because they're going to look at me like, girl, <laughs> like, you brought, you know. So, um, but I say that in a way, in a loving way, because I wanted him to do it because he wanted to do it. I know he got yeah. mug. I know he got mug, and I know he going with the five thousand. <laughs> but that don't mean I can say, "Bitch, you need to walk this five thousand because it wouldn't have been authentic. So I think that his love from ballroom needed to come um, naturally, and I'm glad that you know we were able to just. <sighs> remain close in the scene and yeah um, I wasn't forced to do anything I didn't want to do like genuinely when I I remember coming from Marcus and I was I was excited because I had lost that connection and contact with Paige at the time and I was like oh damn that was something I was interested in and I, I lost it so it came at the right time and mm -hmm. um, you never really forced me you, you do you want to walk this ball girl it was very much like that yeah. I was never forced to do anything I didn't want to do I was like but I did I will say that I did want the people that you know introduced me to the scene to be proud of me it's like to make them happy so I did find myself saying yes to things that like okay if you want me there sure I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> but, right when I started getting to like 2010 and 2011 after winning the five and you know becoming 18 um I realized like I have to make it my own like what is it relationship that you have with the scene right and it really became real when you know when I went to college and like I was on my own getting stuff ready by myself and I eventually left the house of Ibisu and figuring things out yeah um that answers wow. the question for the one that asked is this your ex or isn't no um why doesn't why does the gay community why gay community don't see straight women? Why does gay community just what? <laughs> they don't see straight women. <laughs> first of all, first of all, we got women's runway, we got women's performance, bitch. We got motherfucking women's face. I'm gonna tell you what it is. Okay. The ballroom scene is a LGBTQ centrist. Well, no, that's not even true. Yes, it is that, but it's actually a black trans women and a black trans men and black gay queers, 
space. That is what it is at at the beginning. Um, it really is the core. And actually, trans women created this motherfucking thing. Black trans women created this space. Um, but outside of that, the reason we are distrusting is because um, you are entering a safe space for us, and if you have to be careful on how you insert yourself in a, somebody else's safe space. That's like Absolutely. me as a gay man showing up at a black woman's ladies night and you know trying to take over the room you need to check yourself at the <laughs> fucking door it's not about you um and why so, are you kiki <laughs> why are you kiki <laughs> because i totally get what he's saying right there you it is not yourself. for us no but to, I, for real it is not for us um but that comes with you know heterosexuals and their privilege the privilege you know, to think that you can enter any space we can do and it can be about you and you belong. center ourselves. It's not for that. It really isn't. You can go anywhere you fucking want to go, but this is our home, our space. We don't have many. And so that's why you got to be fucking careful. That is why it's that relationship that we have. And it's not that we don't love cis women. It's just that when you come into a safe space, you just have to be aware of your privilege at all times. Let yeah, me let's be honest. Some of them be doing okay. Um, So, Lizzie, as a <laughs> uh, cisgender straight woman, what's one thing you can't stand about gay people? <laughs> and this is how you feel. It's some real shit. What's the one thing that you yeah, do it. I can't stand about gay people collectively? Um, or, one that um, you, or one that you interacted this period, like um, if you was going to make a general statement. Um, okay, well, I will say that, see, navigating gay spaces is interesting for me. I do feel that um, gay men, gay black men in particular, they break me down before they even say hello. And I understand that because it's a natural defense mechanism. I understand that, you know, a lot of times from childhood, there's certain trauma, there's certain triggers and certain, you know, black women represent different things to different people. So I'm always cautious. I'm also cautious around trans women as well. I don't ever want to dismiss their womenhood, but some of them are very antagonistic toward me. Um, do you even feel like without you, knowing, not, not to cut you off, but do you feel like you always have to like prove your authenticity with them, or like do you have to always like prove the fact that you are an ally or a supporter? You understand what I'm saying? Do you feel like that a lot? Like, like I don't feel like I have to prove anything because I naturally just show up as myself, right? And if you stick around long enough, you'll know what time it is with me. But that's if you stick around long enough. But I don't judge people for prejudging me. I don't like when they when they do. But that that would be the thing that I don't like. That sometimes because I'm black and I'm straight, they dismiss me as one of those women that do such and such and such, or they don't like me because I'm not a, like the beatest bitch in the room either. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 That's that misogynistic shit that I'm talking about, though. Oh, I don't give a fuck about it. I get niggas anyway. But... It don't matter. <laughs> been getting niggas. But you also got a man. She's been with the same man for a long time, guys. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> Work, Lindsay. 
Well, <laughs> I love that we guys did this show. I really want everyone again is on here tonight. Subscribe to Hard to Swallow podcast. Hard to Swallow on all platforms. And this is just a taste of what these guys give. Um, yeah, so if you guys could all tell them how to follow you personally, they can also see in a little box, but can you verbally, vocally say how to follow you guys and leave them with a little, you know, tidbit from you guys? Oh, so you can follow me at Ain't I Emery, that's spelled E-M-E-R-Y, um, on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow the podcast at HTS underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. For those who would like to, um, if you follow both of those pages, you will see a link tree link that will take you to every possible platform that the podcast is on. Yeah. And I'm literally, oh, go ahead. Or just search. If you want, you just want to go directly to the podcast (laughs) link, just search hard to swallow podcast. And before you continue, how do they, if they ever want to send questions to you guys, how do they, how can they do that? Send it to me on Instagram. Um, we already have that experience. Um, people email me things all the time, and I addressed it on the show. Um, I have one person now that just emailed me a topic, and I plan for that to be probably one of the topics for a future show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next, boom. How can they follow you guys? I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Lyrical Mar, and I'm on Twitter more. Um, if you're a Twitter person, um, <laughs> that's my go-to. And yeah, um, subscribe, listen to the show, and please give us topic of the days. Because honestly, a bitch be a bitch be worn out about what to talk about. <laughs> we don't we don't want to we, <laughs> we don't want to get too deep. Um, but yes, please reach out because that's how we keep the show going. Yeah, your comments and questions. Oh, Linda. Well. First, before we we leave, I'd like to say thank you so much to Caesar for giving us this opportunity to hang out with you tonight. Yeah, Um, love you. You know we family. Um, You can follow. I guess you can follow me. I'm not really. I'm an older (laughs) doll, so I don't do all this social media crap. But I'm at. What am I at? Girl, but you've been getting better with it. You've been getting better. Bottom. She's getting better. Lynn's underscore wags on Instagram, (laughs) and I think I'm the same on Twitter. I don't know. I gotta see. But um, different. But I'll show you how to change it. Also, um, yes. Please send in any questions, suggestions, anything you have for um, Heart to Swallow. We love doing the show. It is a queer centric show. Um, I mean, we we answer all kinds of questions, but you know, yes, we talk about. But let me um kind of piggyback just because something's queer central, guys. I want you guys to know you can still. I myself watch me personally. I watch a lot of shows. I watch. I watch. I mean, people have issues with them, but I am a Joe podcast fan to the core. I've been watching it for years. I love. I love their music and life. Yeah, but everybody has a taste. I listen to it for different reasons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's what I'm going to say that we talk about issues relating to black women, black men, black gay men in particularly, but that, that, those are the two people that we do center, but there's feminism, there's sex, there's dating relationships that you've seen today. Right. The nitty gritty. What I've learned about the, the, for me, for the, um, the beauty of ballroom throwbacks and BRTV TV, as far as like with Triangle, is that we have so many different type of viewers that you would never think um, would watch um, the content yes. from my ballroom content to my, I know, right? 
to my show Triangle, as you know, it's so many different viewers from different races, different men, different women. Like 50 year old black women and Uber drivers, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it Just in the true. car with some mama and they're like, <laughs> are was, you Derek? <laughs> okay. The first, few, the first couple of years really shocked me. I would be like, cause so many women would tell me that they watched the show. Now if yeah. I'm used to it, I'm used to it and they're, and they're really invested and I appreciate all those people. So guys, please make sure you, Thank you. I appreciate that so much. I really appreciate that. Oh, and um, Triangle. Support us on Triangle. Me, Emery, and I. Um, yeah, somebody said I'm so important to the culture. Thanks for the very representation. I appreciate that. Um, hi, my love. I miss y'all so much. God bless you. Thank you, Denise. Okay, and make sure you guys follow. I'm going to have Emery send me a description to put in here so it can also have all the information and how to get to their podcast. I know some people want to click on a hyperlink you know how that shit goes guys. yes yeah. i will be sending that to you mm-hmm. all right i love yeah. you guys thank you again subscribe love to you, see. Thank, you. thank you Arthur so much Fox. thank you we appreciate good night. it right, have a good night good night oh ciao <laughs> <laughs>